Okay, everybody, Parshas Tzav, uh, and definitely a Parsha that's going to get lost in the shuffle, as it often does when it's found during this time, Erev Pesach, Shabbos Agadol, right, uh, all these types of, uh, you know, this time, time, time of year. Well, again, as usual, we'll try to focus only on the Parsha itself, and um, then we'll mention quickly something about Parsha Shabbos Agadol. Uh, but let's focus on the Parsha uh, itself, because there is plenty to talk about. So the Parsha starts off, again, with continuing the discussion of the Korbanos that we started off in Parsha's Vayikra. Uh, we have Chumas Adeshen. The avodah of taking the ash from the mizbeach every morning, uh, not all of it, just a little bit. Uh, okay, uh, korban ola, korban mincha, korban chatas, korban asham. Right? We we kind of have other details and and rehashing certain details of the korbanos. Uh, the halachos of kasher and kalim. Very quickly, uh, the parsha talks about the gifts to the kohanim from certain korbanos. We talk about the korban toda, uh, pigol, the concept of pigol, which is basically the, the the kohanim have to have the proper mindset when bringing the korbanos. They have to be thinking the right things. That this korban has to be for this korban and not for anything else. Uh, we have the lachas of not eating korbanos when uh, tame, uh, iser chaylev, the iser to eat certain fats from animals, the iser to drink dam, you're not allowed to drink blood. Uh, the Parsha talks about which parts of the korban goes to Hashem, which parts goes to the korban, uh, goes to the kohen, which part goes to the person who brings the korban, uh, and that, that's not, if that sounds like a lot, it is, but that's that's the first half of the Parsha. And the second half of the Parsha is basically the inauguration of the kohanim um, as they get ready for uh, Hanukkah HaMishkan including different rituals that Moshe kind of sprinkled some blood here and there. Uh, we're not going to talk about that so much today. Um, and different korbanos that were brought, etc. So let, let's just talk a little bit about the beginning of the Parsha, uh, the korban ola. We'll talk about, uh, you know, the, the word tzav. Why is there commandments? Uh, what, what is tzav? We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, and let's uh, let's get to it. So what was the purpose of the korban ola? Just to clarify, right, the first puzzle starts, or second puzzle, right? Tzav is haron v'espan av v'leimor, zos toras haola, hi haola, right? Al mogdala. This is something that we've already talked about, actually, in Parshas Vayikra, but we rehash, we mentioned that the, the Ola was allowed to be brought and burned the entire night, and then we, that leads us into a discussion of the Trumas uh, Hadeshen, right, the taking the, of the ashes and uh, having some sort of uh, ceremony at the beginning of the day. Um, what was the purpose of a Korban Ola? So many possibilities. Right, many possibilities uh, brought down in the Gemara. Often a person will bring a korban ola out of the goodness of their own heart, right? just uh, you know, feeling like a desire to give thanks to Kosh Baruch Hu. Right? That could also be a korban toda, but let's say an ola person just you know, he did well in business, wants to bring an ola to Hashem. The Gemara, though, and the Midrash, and the Midrashim, right, bring two additional reasons for bringing a korban ola. The Gemara in Yuma, and Daf Nunvav, Right, so that person would bring an ola if a person would fail to fulfill right a mitzvah's assay, right a positive, a performative uh, commandment. The measure the says, on the other hand, that a person would bring a korban ola for hirhur halev for th- improper, in- inappropriate thoughts, right thoughts that were inappropriate in the heart. Maybe he thought about something that was inappropriate, uh, or he maybe he thought to do an avera and didn't end up doing it. Fine. But Baruch Simon, right, in Sefer Imri Baruch, right, one of the Rashi Yeshiva at YU, he quotes the Divrei Yisrael, and he, Divrei Yisrael explains the Medrash a little differently. The Divrei Yisrael writes that the Medrash doesn't mean that a person would bring an Ola if he t- intended to do an Avera, but he didn't commit it. doesn't mean that he thought, he wanted to steal something, but he didn't do it. That's not what we're talking about over here. That's not what you bring a Korban Ola. The Medrash means that a Jew would bring a Korban Ola if he intended to do a mitzvah and then failed to do so. Right, if that's the case, or if that's true, so then the Medrash and the Gemara, right, basically they're saying the same thing. Right, both of them, basically, right, the Gemara had said in Yuma that a person would bring an Ola for failing to fulfill a, a mitzvah, and that's basically what the Medrash says as well, right, that a person intends to do the mitzvah, 
but yet failed uh, to perform it. And to be totally honest, that is something that is that concept of the fact that you need to atone for not doing a mitzvah, even if you wanted to. We again, we talk about a lot, right? When you're talking about the seminary and yeshiva world, and, and when you're, you're growing up, you're talking about you know good intentions and thinking the right things, etc., etc. But as we get older, we have to realize that there's a certain responsibility to actually perform, to actually do the mitzvahs that we think about, right? Even if we want to, right, to actually get up and go do it. Right? Most of us have good intentions, right? We want to get the shul on time, right? We want to learn a little more, daven with kavana, give tzedakah, do chesed, etc. But turning that inspiration into action, right? That's what separates the men from the boys, the women from the girls, right? Someone, little kids and, and teens, they dream about being great, but the adult, right, when you're a little bit older, when you're more mature, so you realize that being great is about action, is about getting up and doing what you are inspired or what you want to do. And as we know, we discussed before in this, right, in this podcast, that inspiration is fleeting, right? Good intentions and desires, right, are only, only take you so far, right? Like, and you hear a song or a niggin or you had some sort of speech or some, somebody encouraged you or whatever, but that has to be concretized, right? It has to be turned into action. I heard once uh, from the Shiva Ed Gross, right, or David Miller, right, he said that, uh, tell the story about his father, Israel Miller, right, he was a, he was a rev in America um, and in the 60s or so, and apparently there was like a, a lot of like very, uh, not anti-Semitic, but they were trying to very much nail down, right, there was the Cold War going on, I don't know if it was 60s or 70s, I don't remember, the Cold War was going on and they were trying to figure out, right, whose side are you on? So the reporters asked from Israel Miller, right, what is Judaism? A noun or an adjective? Meaning, people are trying to figure out like which side of the cold war right, were you on so they asked what is it a is judaism a noun or an adjective meaning are these are you guys jewish americans or are you american jews right is the jewish part right the noun and you're jews and you're not necessarily american right you're american jews or are you jewish americans and the judaism right, is the adjective sort of miller if you saw miller fascinatingly enough said it's neither right judaism is neither a noun nor an adjective it's a verb. Right? Yiddishkeit is a verb, right? Yiddishkeit consists of 613 mitzvos, right? That's how you describe a Jew, right? If a person is not doing mitzvos, so then he's, he's lacking, right? The, the, we have performative actions. We have performative actions that Kosh Baruch wants us to do. And if a person, even if he has good intentions, right, he has to bring a korban ola, right, for the inspiration or the intention that was never actualized. And says Rav, Rav, Rav Simon, that, Rav Baruch Simon, that this is actually the theme, right, for the month of Nisan, right, to bring good intention into action. That's the theme of spring, right? He quotes Tosos in, in Rosh Hashanah, uh, Kosh Baruch Hu thought to create the world in Nisan, but in the end, right, he created it in Elul, right, in Tishrei, in Elul, okay, right, right, to, to teach us that Nisan is, yes, in Echanami, Nisan is the time of renewal and creation, not fear and judgment, right, spring is the time of newness, Right of blossoming, right? right? Today you're leaving in, in, in the springtime, in the month of springtime. What does that mean? Right? It should have said the month of Nisan. It doesn't say the month of or Nisan, the first month or whatever it is. Spring is not a month, but that's exactly that's exactly the point. That it's uh, Hashem wanted to tell Bnei Israel they're leaving Bnei, Egypt, right, Mitzrayim, in a time period that's Chodesh Haviv, a time for renewal, for turning uh, intentions into actions, and they should capitalize on the Koch of the time period, right, and turn those intentions right into action. So that's what we were faced with right over here. I talked about it a little bit about Chodesh Zalachem, Parshas Chodesh. There's a there's a 
there's an ability for us to tap into the koch and the spiritual koch at the time, uh, and and really kind of tap into right. Even if a person is stuck and down and a little bit in, in their yiddishkeit and they're trying to claw their way back, or even if they're thriving, right, you're able to create new uh, projects and new actions and new uh, new growths and new heights through this uh, through this time period, um, through this shabbos and through this chag. Okay, uh, tzav is Aaron ve'es banavli more. What is tzav? Parshas tzav. What does that mean? So Rashi quotes the Tanah of the Bear of Ishmael in the in Kiddushan of Daf Chavtes. So that Sav is a language of zrizos, of encouraging, of urging, of enthusiasm, right? And he says, Miyad Doros, immediately and for the future, and for any future generations. Rashi then quotes Rabbi Shimon right, that says, there needs to be extra zrizos, extra encouragement, when dealing with a loss of money. What does that mean? So this is a Chachamim explains Rashi. It means that we're, we're talk, that this pasuk is about the korban ola specifically, right? Which was con- consumed in, entirely on the mizbeach, and the Kohanim needed to be encouraged and enthused to act with the proper care towards a korban that was completely destroyed, as opposed to others which in which they had a personal stake, right? Every coin who brought a korban would get parts of that korban. Since the Kohanim only got the skins of the korban ola, it had to say tzav, right, to encourage. Now. The, the Chazal try to figure out whether Rabbi Shimon is arguing on the on the Tanakhama, right? Whether, if to use that language, right? Whether Rabbi Shimon is adding to to what Rashi quoted initially. But regardless, the question is, what is the Chisaron kiss here? What is the lack? What is the monetary loss? Right? Are we talking about right? Again, so the Sivach Chachamim again said that the Korban Ola completely consumed. Fine, but that doesn't make so much sense. As Elia Etia right, writes in his Sefer Vayomer Elio, says I don't understand the Chisaron kiss, right? The, the lack of money. The monetary loss um, is for the Jew, not for the Kohen, for the Yisrael. Right? Again, a, a Yisrael buys a, a cow or something, probably very expensive back in the day, and they burn it entirely. Right? The Kohen gets the skins, okay, a little bit less than he usually gets, but the Yisrael is the one who's losing the money. Right? The Yisrael spends all the money on the animal, gets nothing in return. The Kohen at least gets the skins. The Raz, you know, Rambam points out over here, the Ramban points out over here. And he's and why would you have to also why would you have to warn the Kohanim? Right, the Gemara says all over the place, right? Kohanim's reason him. The Kohanim are careful in Beis Hamikdash. Right, why would you have to encourage right, the Kohanim right to bring a korban they don't get meat from? You're telling me they're not going to take care of these halachos because they don't get some meat from the korban? What is this like? It's not like some some clown parking your car that you're not going to tip him and therefore he's not going to be careful not to smash your car. It's the Kohanim. It's in the Beis HaMikdash. They're a bottom of Am Yisrael, right? They're working in the Beis HaMikdash. You don't have to tell them to be careful. So he answers with a fancy drasha and Gemara Sanhedrin and about a specific olos, machaper for the eagle or whatever. But Taklas, other answers, what was the, the monetary loss here? So a couple of answers uh, that are brought in Chazal. The Gur Aryeh, the Maral, for example, says that it's not specifically referring to the Korban Ola. It's talking about the Kohanim in general. That in order to do a Vodum Bisamikdash, the Kohanim basically had to give up any regular job they might have. Now, that's not exactly true because they really were only doing a Vodum Bisamikdash a couple of weeks out of the year. But yeah, we, we know that since the Kohanim were tasked with this, they weren't able to tend their fields as properly. Uh, you know, they weren't able to have the same jobs that the rest of Amistral did. So they, they had some sort of uh, lack of Parnasa. And that's why they get all the gifts and stuff. The Levim as well. The Ramban says also is not referring necessarily to the Korban Ola. It's, it must be referring to the Korban Mincha that each Kohen would bring on the first day of their Avodah. Whenever the Kohen would show up in Beis Hamikdash, right, there would be a week cycle. Right? So the first day of Avodah, Beis Hamikdash, a Kohen would bring a Korban Mincha. Right? That, that, as you can imagine, 
not terribly expensive, but certainly expensive, right? If you had to bring that at least twice uh, during the year, in addition to all the other korbanos you had to bring, uh, and certainly the Kohen Gadol had to bring that korban every single day, right? That would also get uh, pretty expensive. The Rechaim says it's actually referring to the korban tamid, which was just brought every day and brought from communal funds. But the, maybe the most simple answer to the question we had before, through it, this question is, why do you have to be in the, to, to warn the Kohanim Right, so that, that so that those those answer why it's it's over here why it's dafka you know by uh, by the korban ola so basically the area the ramban or chaim say it's not about the korban ola it's about you know the korbanos in general but why would you have to warn the kohanim the kohanim are the most careful right of all of all the jews they're getting the base on mikdash so perhaps the most simple answer is and that's a, it's a big muster for us is that yeah when money is involved no one is above being encouraged right no one is pure and untainted. Right. Similarly, we have the phrase, you can't trust anybody when it comes to the realm of Arayas. There's, I don't know if there is, but there should be a similar phrase when it comes to money. Right? Again, the Gemara tells ridiculous stories of Tanayim and Amorayim who were not willing to judge court cases because someone did them the tiniest of favors, <clears throat> and the, the great Tanayim and Amorayim thought it would be shokhat, it would be a bribe, and they would, would not be able to view the case objectively. When it comes to money, everybody is a blind spot. So yes, even the Kohen, who is Zari's and Philemon, but when faced with a monetary issue, even they may pause right, and consider. And yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, in, in, in these Shurim, about Parnassah being from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's an avoda that everybody has to undertake, that to view money as something that's on loan from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that not belong, the money, we don't really own the money that we own, Right, it's really a Kosh Baruch Hu just giving it to us, right, it's like uh, someone to invest, right, giving money from to an investor, Nowadays, when we're holding right before Pesach, right, again, that's the time of Ashra, Sayyamunu, and Amisrael, as the Abraham McDowell writes last week's Parsha, right, we certainly <coughs> should be able right, to try and refocus ourselves on money, because money is something that we really, that everybody struggles with, right, thinking that right, that our Parnassa is in our hands, uh, and if we refocus ourselves and realize that really, Coach Baruch is the one who's taking care of our Parnassa, so it becomes much easier to do mitzvahs like giving Maus Chitim and giving Meiser, right, and giving, uh, uh it's stuck on Purim that I'm blanking on Matanas Laviyonim, right? You can give all these types of things. It becomes much easier when you view the money as not necessarily something that's yours, right? But something that a Kosh Baruch Hu is, is giving you. And, and if you really truly internalize that a person is getting whatever they're getting, right, as was judged on Rosh Hashanah, so you don't feel bad if Rahman al right, you lost something or someone stole from you or, 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 and you don't get super excited when you make this huge windfall because you know that Kosh Baruch Hu is taking care of it, right? It wasn't your ability. Uh, it wasn't your brilliant scheme. It was just Karsh Baruch looking out for you. Okay. And finally, let's do a, let's do one more, and then we'll talk about Shabzagadol for a couple of seconds. Um, the Milas of a Bali of a Balchuva. If you look, there are a couple places. Uh, to, if we we have to always obviously bring in Rav Melech uh, Peterman, uh, and if we get Chasidish a little bit, if you look at the Korbanos, if you look at the Psukim, this week's Parsha, there are several indicators, right, that Karsh Baruch loves Bali Chuva. Right, even more perhaps right, than uh, than great tzaddikim, or certainly loves the efforts right of bali tshuva um, sometimes more than great tzaddikim. If you look at the korbanos, for example, the Torah writes that the korban chatos right is kodesh kadoshim. Right, we know there are two levels of korbanos. One is kodesh kadoshim, had more strict halachos, could only be eaten in the beis hamikdash, etc., etc. Right inside the walls, um, and one of those right is korban chatos. Another one is korban asham. Right, those are two korbanos that are brought for sins. For Averos. The Korban Shlamim, right, which was usually usually a voluntary offering that was brought, you know, whenever you felt like it, that uh, you got to eat, right, that was, that's Kaddish and Kalim. That's the second level. That's a lower level of Kedusha. 
asked the Abarbanel, isn't that curious? Right, the Chattis and Asham were brought because someone sinned, without getting into details. That, those are sin offerings. The Shlamim is voluntary, without any baggage. Right, so why isn't that holier? Why isn't that a holy? A person who wants to bring a card to the base of Amidish without any strings attached? Amazing. Why isn't that better? So the Torah says that in the Maila, clearly, what do you see, says the Barbanel, that you see the Maila of Bali Because now that a person has had a taste of Chait, right, it's harder for them to overcome the Yitzhahara, yet still here they are in the base of Amidish, being Chosur Bachuva, bringing a Korban to atone, being a Chaper for their Averos. That's greater if the Tzadik who decides to bring a Korban just because, right? It's a person who hasn't sinned. Doesn't need to bring a korban, but he feels like it. As the famous Gemara says in Brachos, Taflamid Dalit, right? Again, Makom Shabali Chuva, Omdim, Ain Sadikim, Gemur Micholam, Lamob Sham, right? Bali Chuva can stand on a higher place than Sadikim, right? Can't stand on the same place as Sadikim. Barbanel says this is also why the Korban Mincha is considered to be Kodesh Kodoshim. What's the Korban Mincha? Korban Mincha usually, and aside from the Korban that the Kohanim brought, Korban Mincha is usually a Korban that's brought by poor people. Kosh Baruch Hu says, I love that korban just as much as a regular animal or bird or whatever. And even more so, it's, 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 a, it's a Kodesh Kadashim. It's a higher level of korban. Because Kosh Baruch Hu loves it when someone's having a rough go of it, right? But still seeks out Ruchnius and wants to offer something of his or hers, right? Even though they don't have much to give, right? That's what Kosh Baruch Hu loves as much. Or Rav Melech points out that the Rashi already highlights this, right? The Puzzle says, Nefesh ki sakri, if a person brings, it calls the person bringing the korban a nefesh. But what it could mean is that a person brings his soul. It says that by the korban mincha, by the korban mincha, out of all the korbanos that you could give spontaneously, and an optional, right, to give these korbanos, the only one that says nefesh ki sakrib is by the korban mincha. Right, Kosh Baruch views as if the Ani has brought himself or herself, right, their nefesh, even though they're just bringing some flowers, just a little bit, right, just a little bit, even though it's probably hard for them to bring this flower because they're so poor. But Kosh Baruch views as, as if, if they're being mockery of their own nefesh, right, and that's the same reason why achatas and asham kodesh kadashim, because a person coming from a difficult place, right, it's a place of striving, of overcoming, through, right, through pain, through anguish, right, through struggle, that's near and dear to Gosh Baruch Hu. And it explains Rav Melech, once again, we see what's important to Gosh Baruch Hu, right? Not coasting through life, not amassing easy brownie points through easy learning or easy mitzvot or easy chesed or whatever. That's, that's valuable, for sure. But that's Kachim Kalim, right? That's the second level of Kadashim, of Kachim. What's Kodesh Kadashim? What's the highest level? You see the effort, the work, the fighting the Yitzhahara, the giving something that's not easy, right? That's near and dear to Gosh Baruch Hu, as the phrase goes, right? Lefum Tzara. Agra. Uh, and this is something that's taka very important to remember because a person is in when a person is in the trenches with, with the Yitzhahara, right, and you're struggling and you're not necessarily succeeding so much. Right? Very often, right, the person thinks, right, that it's not worth it. Right, it's, right a person thinks that Koshbarko hates them, right, for their failures. That's very common. Koshbarko hates me, why should I bother? I feel like there's no point, right? Koshbarko has already thrown us out for all our weaknesses, our shortcomings, our averos, and Koshbarko doesn't want anything to do with us. We feel so distant from Akash Baruch Hu, and nothing is further from the truth, right? Akash Baruch Hu loves us. He loves that fight that we put up more than anything, right? Our struggle against the Yitzhahara is what's, is what's most dear to him. And if Melech points out, this is also what the Meshiloch writes uh, in this expression in another context as well, right? The Torah says that the Korban Chatas was shechted where the Korban Ola was shechted. And Meshiloch, again, explains in classic Hasidic style, taking the Pesukim and kind of uh, arranging a message, <clears throat> out of it, uh, that above and beyond the Pashup shot, right, the Chadas, obviously, right, as we said before, is brought by people who sinned. The Ola is not necessarily brought by people who sinned. Okay, we talked about per, improper thoughts, fine, but certainly someone who does an Avera, right, is, is on a, uh, doing an Avera, 
that would create that would require a korban chatos, right, is worse than thinking, right? Well, we talked about right the korban ola, thinking to do an avera or thinking to do a mitzvah, not doing it. Okay, right. Certainly the korban chatos, right? The person who's bringing a korban chatos is is quote unquote worse off. So the chora, right, the korban ola is the person who's bringing the korban ola is in a higher place, is in a holier place, but they're still shechted in the same area. In the base Hamikdash, meaning this person who's do, doing a tshuva by bringing a korban stands in the exact same place as someone who hasn't done an avera, right? someone who's bringing a korban ola. And furthermore, what is he points out that the blood of the korban chatas, right, if you know, is sprinkled right above the red line in the middle of the mizbeach. The mizbeach had a little pus, a, a little red line, right, going around it, smack in the middle. The korban chatas' blood is sprinkled above that, and the korban ola's blood was sprinkled below that. Again, a fascinating to show right that the chatas is higher. The person doing tshuva is on a higher level. This is something that's important to remember, right? When we're struggling, when we're fighting the Yitzhahara, we're trying to overcome, that's what Kosh Baruch Hu loves. That's what Kosh Baruch Hu wants to see, right? Kosh Baruch Hu knows that we are human, and that's exactly the reason we're put on this earth, right? To struggle, right, with the Yitzhahara uh, and overcome. Okay, just another, just a quick word on Shabbos Agadol, right? This is the Shabbos Agadol. The Shabbos right before <coughs> Pesach, excuse me. And the question is, why is it called like that? So the Pajib Shat, right, again, Tosos and Shabbos, Naf Pezayan talks about this, right, that uh, the sheep, the Jews took a sheep in Mitzrayim on the Shabbos before they left, right, that was on Yud Nisan, it happened to have been Shabbos, right, and nothing happened to them, right, even though they took the Egyptian god, right, they didn't say anything, the Egyptians didn't say anything, they didn't hurt them, etc., etc., right, to commemorate that nace, right, that happened on Shabbos, uh, five days before the Jews left Egypt, so then that we have Shabbos Agadol. And most people ask, I don't understand, if it happened on Yud Nisan, so why do we celebrate the nace on Shabbos before Pesach every single year? Right? It happened on Yud Nisan, which happened to have been Shabbos. So therefore, we celebrate every Shabbos before Pesach. We should, every other Chag doesn't work like that. Every other Chag is tied to a date. Here, it's tied to a Shabbos. Fascinating. Now, in Echanami, it does actually work out this year uh, exactly like it worked out in the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Right? This year, Shabbos, uh, Yud Nisan is Shabbos. This is Shabbos Agadol. It means Hashem, we should be Zoha to a Gula Shleima, just like we had uh, so many years ago. Uh, but why? But in general, why do we celebrate it on Shabbos? So there are a couple of reasons uh, that are broad. Rabbi Melech quotes uh, two of them. Right? First of all, he quotes the Oe of Yisrael, the Apter Rebbe, right, buried in Mezhibosh. So Mezhibosh, a great name of a town. Um, famous for, I think, for, for more other uh, different Rebbeim, but the Apter Rebbe, Resher, buried in Mezhibosh. He says that since B'nai Yisrael were most nefesh to take that sheep, right, that they, thought, uh, you know, they thought probably that the Mitzvah were going to kill them. Right, then they take the Vodazara and tie it to their bedpost, right, keeping it man, right outside their bed for a couple of days. Crazy. So they thought the Mitzvah would kill them. They were most nefesh. So, so too, we observe that nace on the day that's good for the nefesh, right? We, we have it from the Neshama, right, with the Neshama Yisera. And he quotes the Zohar that says that all the days of the week draw nourishment from that from Shabbos, and all the Shabbosim in the year draw nourishment from both Shabbos Agodol, right, and Shabbos, and Shabbos Shuvah, right, and again, that's why we, we celebrate it on, on Shabbos, instead of on Yud Nisan. The Lavush says a little bit differently, right, it's not necessarily tied to the Nase, it's tied to the Haftorah, right, the, the Shabbos Agodol is the Hagdama, he says, to the Gula, based on the positive, the Haftorah, the Haftorah quotes, uh, pretty famous, uh, I think it's been made into several songs, right, Hashem says, he promises, he's sending Eliyahu Anavi, before the great day, of, before the day of Hashem comes, that's Godol and Nora, right, that's Shabbos HaGadol, uh, and maybe we zocha to see this, uh, this redemption on this great day, right, the Yom Hashem, right, Mitzvah Shem, Amen, Kenny Ratzon, maybe we be zocha to see it this year, Amen.